It's victory Saturday in the DMV after the Washington Commanders defeated the Cleveland Browns 17-15 to in week one of the NFL preseason. How it all went down and what it means, that's on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to your first Victory Saturday episode of Locked On Commanders. The only Victory Saturday. Well, I suppose we could have a Victory Saturday episode later on in the year, but for right now, the only Victory Saturday episode uh, that we're going to have is the next preseason games don't fall into Saturday. It's 12.01 Eastern Standard Time, so I guess if you're not on the East Coast, it's not Saturday yet, but welcome to Victory Saturday. Anyway, in this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, I want to thank you for it so much for making Locked On Commanders first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can continue this conversation with me on subtext via text message by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media, covering your commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation here with you every Monday through Friday and post games and practices and whatever craziness we've got going on in commander's land uh, and i appreciate you it's just like i appreciate linkedin jobs who is sponsoring this episode you can find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply on today's episode we are celebrating the first win of the new season for the washington commanders and yes i know it's preseason but you know what guys I am going to celebrate every victory that we have a chance to celebrate together because I'm also going to be here for every group therapy session that we have to have together moving forward. And I hope that you're going to join me here for it as well. If you're watching the live on YouTube, appreciate you. Go ahead, drop whatever comments or questions you have in the live chat. I'm not going to be able to track them as I do this show uh, individually, but I will go back and watch them. And if you have any questions or comments or things you want to talk about, uh, for tomorrow's episode, certainly we'll get as many of that, as many of those as I can get in. But we're going to start this episode with Sam Howell Watch. Now, during training camp, we've kind of pushed the Howell Watch into like the second segment and all that stuff. But it's the game. It's the most important question or the most important position. And maybe it wasn't the biggest question. I think for most of us, the biggest question coming into this game really was the offensive line. But when you consider uh, the importance of the quarterback position, how long this franchise has been searching for a potential franchise quarterback i think certainly it merits putting sam howell up uh first and we're just going to go right to the meat of this thing to be quite honest with you and for the game sam howell nine for 12 uh passing 77 yards one touchdown a 119.1 quarterback rating one carry for eight yards that came on a third down which i think is very very important was a third uh third and six i believe third down conversion uh by sam howell using his legs very good performance but like we do with all of our howell watches Let's go ahead and break it down. Let's start with the first drive, first pass of the game from Sam Howley, short right pass uh, to Jahan Dotson for a gain of four yards. Following there, that was the run on third and six, eight-yard gain on third and six to convert for the first down on the first drive. And then he his second pass completed, short right to Curtis Samuel for a 10-yard gain, followed by an incomplete pass uh, to John Bates. That was a drop, but technically still two for two because there was also a penalty on the play, a holding call against right tackle. Andrew Wiley, who was going up against Darius Smith 
uh, who we talked about in our pregame episode. We actually talked about him playing on the right side of the defense formation going up against the left side, uh, Charles Leno Jr. and and Chris Paul. But I don't know if it's because Miles Garrett didn't play or what the Browns are doing, but the forecasted depth chart spot did not match where he played. He actually ended up playing at least that snap on the left side. He probably bounced around a little bit, uh, victimizing Andrew Wiley there who drew the flag. So technically that drop, a very bad drop if you watched it. Uh, not an incomplete, not a drop for John Bates in the record book because the penalty negated the play. Very next snap was a sack, a delayed defensive back blitz. It was actually a really well-designed blitz by the Cleveland Browns, but I think that when Sam Howell goes back, watches the film, when Eric Bieniemy uh, re-watches the play, they're both going to agree. You got to get the ball out quicker. You got to get the ball out sooner or you have to be more decisive and either move like you know you can or throw the ball away like we saw him do uh, later on. So ends up taking the sack. That's the only sack that Sam Howell took uh, for the game, which is a good thing. Obviously, you want to keep your quarterback as clean as possible. Very next play, uh, backfield throw uh, to the right side to Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, the, the Cleveland Browns defense was all over. Two-yard loss on that play, and then four for four on the final play of that drive. A, a short right pass to Antonio Gibson. Did gain eight yards, but it was third and 30, so the Washington Commanders end up punting. Total on the first drive, four for four, 20 yards. Did take a sack, eight yards rushing. So not, not a great result, right? You want to see points, obviously, a field goal, try a touchdown, what have you, but and not a bad, a terrible start uh, to the to the evening. Either second drive did not go as well. 0 for 1 on the first pass in the second drive, incomplete throw, uh, short right, throw away. It was a throw away against coverage. Pressure from the left side came in very, very quickly. Um, I haven't had a chance to go, go back and, and watch that yet, but from where the pressure came, it does look like Chris Paul likely got beat very quickly off the line of scrimmage. Sam Howell made a smart decision, got rid of the ball, didn't take the sack. Uh, very next play was the hold penalty in the end zone. Uh, by Andrew Wiley, ends up with a safety. The Cleveland Browns get the first two points of the game uh, because of it. Total for that drive, 0 for 1. Puts him at 4 for 5, 20 yards, a sack and 8 yards. Rushing the third drive, though, is where we really saw things kind of click in a little bit. Starts off 3 for 3. A short pass to the left side to Cole Turner for 7 yards. Short pass to the right side to Terry McLaurin for 7 yards. Another short pass to the right side to Cole Turner for 4 yards before having an incomplete pass deep to Curtis Samuel. But just like we've been talking about during training camp, that deep incompletion, only Curtis Samuel could get that ball. If, if any, anybody was going to get that ball, it was only going to be Curtis Samuel, which right now for a young quarterback, that's exactly what you want to see. Another incompletion uh, intended for Antonio Gibson, deflected by a Cleveland Browns defender. Uh, not a lot Sam Howell could do about that. Short right pass to Coach Cole Turner for 13 yards on fourth and three. I think that's really big. A fourth down conversion. First of all, just going for it. More of a preseason mechanism, right? But the fact that you can get that pass, not just get the three yards, but pick up another 10. Uh, to to on top of it sets up the next pass from uh from Sam Howell, which is a 26 yard connection catch and run for Jahan Dotson for the Washington Commanders' first touchdown of the preseason, first touchdown of this game, and on that drive alone, five for seven, 57 yards, a touchdown, uh, and that gives him his final stat line uh, as Jacoby Brissett came in for the fourth drive of the game. Now, before this game. Not just before the game, but really all offseason, all training camp, right? We've been talking about Sam Howell. What are the expectations for this young quarterback? We've kind of said here on the show, at least I've been trying to try to kind of convey that really, what have we been saying for the last two years? The last two years, we looked at the Washington Commanders and said, average or better quarterback play. This is a postseason team. This is a playoff team, right? So what Sam Howell needs to do is not be Tom Brady, not be Patrick Mahomes, but he needs to be better than what we've seen the last two years. So Without pulling punches, he needs to be better than Carson Wentz. He needs to be better than Taylor Heineke, right? So did he do that in week one? Well, I would say that, yes, he absolutely did. So Carson Wentz 
week one preseason last year against Carolina Panthers, 10 for 13, 77% completion percentage, completion rate, 74 yards, 7.4 yards per pass or per completion, and an 89.9 quarterback rating, zero carries uh, for Carson Wentz. Sam Howell, 75% completion rate. So Carson Wentz beat him by 2% there, 75% to 77%. That's pretty close. 77 yards, Sam Howell gets the win there. Also 8.6 yards per completion compared to to Carson 7.4. Sam throws a touchdown. Carson did not. Sam Howell finishes with a 119.1 QBR. And oh, by the way, extended several plays with his legs and picked up uh, an early third down conversion with his legs running for eight yards on a third and six. So I think not just in the numbers, not just in the stat box, but contextually, when you you contextualize everything that Sam Howell did in week one, his first preseason start as the starter, for the Washington Commanders, I would say that he absolutely came out and played better than Carson went. So if that's the floor, if that's what we need from Sam Howell already here in week one, Sam Howell is producing that. We've got two more preseason games to go. I'm super pumped, super excited for the joint practices coming up next week with the Baltimore Ravens. That is going to be huge. And I'll be honest, I don't know how much you're going to see of Sam Howell and this his first team offense or defense in the actual game because of the joint practices. But I will be there. I will be here with you to give you as many observations as I possibly can. So while we were been successful in week one compared to last year, there's still obviously some things to build for. Uh, and that's you know what we're going to talk about moving forward. In our next episode, I'm going to talk about what I want to sustain, what I want to improve upon with Sam Howell's game specifically. But for now, we're going to turn our attention to the offensive line and the secondary as there were two other units I was looking at closely in this first preseason game, a 17-15 win over the Cleveland Browns. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that conversation is going to happen thanks to our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, so you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job on LinkedIn Jobs and then simply add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. It's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again, everybody, for joining me here on Locked on Commanders and making your this your first listener or first view of the day every day. Uh, turning now from... Quarterback Sam Howe just talked about him again. 75% completion rate, 80-plus uh, yards of offense, a touchdown in three drives. I think you have to come away fairly happy with what you saw. Not a perfect product by any means, but you have to be happy with what you're seeing three weeks into uh, installations and everything. And again, this coming week, especially with the joint practices against the Baltimore Ravens, that is going to help accelerate the growth uh, that much more. Every dares. appreciate all of you for being here uh, today, just like you are every other day. And for your continued support of the show, talking about offensive line and the secondary here in uh, this section. And uh, I see someone here calling the offensive line doo-doo butter. <laughs> it's that's it's a funny way of putting it. Listen, I think what's interesting is 
when you talk about the offensive line, obviously, I think, you know, again, that's kind of like the biggest concern point for this team right now. Uh, that and maybe the linebackers, right? But the linebackers have been kind of minimized in Jack Del Rio's scheme. So we don't know how much we really need to be concerned about that group right now. But the offensive line certainly is going to have a large portion, a large say in what happens with the Washington Commanders moving forward. So coming into it, our focus really was on Chris Paul, the left guard. Sadiq Charles is supposed to be the starting left guard. He's dealing with a calf injury, not playing in this game, hasn't practiced fully in, in quite some time. Chris Paul's been getting a lot of reps, but he's also had some 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 fairly down moments that remind you why he was a late-round draft pick, why he's not a starter in the league right now, like a, a, a an assumed starter in the league right now. But he's also had some good moments, right? So coming into this game, you're looking at this Cleveland Browns pass rush. You know, it's full contact. It's, it's you know, you don't care about me. I don't care about you. We're all about ourselves uh, for the first time this season. And while we have acknowledged Andrew Wiley also having some points to struggle during training camp, did not expect the veteran Andrew Wiley to really be the glaring hole on this offensive line this first week of preseason. I mean, he's the, again, he's a veteran. He's been on Super Bowl teams. He's been in Eric Bieniemy's system and scheme before. Uh, a lot of the perceptions he's brought in here to help the other guys really kind of get forward. But uh, again, the holding penalty on the very first drive. And look, even if Andrew Wiley doesn't hold, John Bates still has a very very bad drop uh, on that play, which is an explosive play. It's more than 20 yards downfield. You have to bring that ball down. John Bates knows that, and we'll talk more about that on our Saturday episode. But he does have the hold regardless. So even if John Bates comes down with it, that play is not happening. Then you have the second hold, which is in the end zone. And again, every veteran offensive lineman knows you cannot hold in the end zone. You've got code words. You've got communications. We've heard them in practice. So you can't even hit the quarterback in practice. We've heard them saying, you know, get rid of it or hurry up or get out. You're Sam, 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 or whatever you're going to say to him to say, hey, like, hey, bro, he's got beat. You need to hurry up and get rid of the ball. And Sam Howell has shown the ability to make quick decisions, get rid of the ball uh, if he has the notification to do so. So you got to rely on those things. You got to rely on those mechanisms. They're there for a reason. So he gives the Cleveland Browns two points. You know, the, 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 the pass rush for the Cleveland Browns didn't get home a lot, but there was certainly some pressure. Again, I already mentioned there was some pressure on the left side as well. So I'm not trying to say this is only Andrew Wiley, but there are certainly some things that have to get fixed. What I really liked, and the commander's broadcast team actually pointed this out. I think you came out of the third drive and the Washington commanders, you could kind of see that they did some things schematically to help out their offensive line, specifically Andrew Wiley, running things to the opposite side doing things to allow Sam Howell to have more room to run, more room to roam, more running back checkdowns, more quick passes, those kinds of things that kind of mitigate the glaring holes that are on the offensive line. And I think that a lot of what you saw in the game, if you were able to watch it, if you haven't watched it, uh, you know, when you, when you rewatch it, kind of look for these things when you see a moving pocket or when you see edge rushes or, or when you see play action passes or you see these quick passing games where you have these route combinations that give the quarterback a lot of short options. A lot of those things, yeah, some of it is just by design anyway, but a lot of times some, some of those things come into play because it helps your offensive line if they don't have to sit there and hold the point of attack for an extended period of time. So I think you start seeing more of that on that third drive, and what you end up seeing is that Sam Howell can control the tempo better, he can control the offense better, ends up moving down the field and getting a touchdown. So not a great day overall for the offensive line, especially the first-string offensive line, but there were some good moments. Uh, as well, Brian Robinson Jr., first explosive play of the day for the Washington Commanders offense, had an 11-yard run on the left side of the line. So you're running behind Charles Leno Jr., you're running behind Chris Paul, and they're opening up a lane for B-Rob to get 11 yards. Then he hit contact about seven yards and drug a Browns uh, defender. I want to say it was linebacker Jeremiah, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, but 
Don't quote me on that. I don't, I don't know that for sure, but I want to say it was him. Uh, drugged that linebacker for about four yards a game, uh, 11 total. And then when you got to like the second team offense, the fourth drive alone, guys, the very first drive on the field for the second team, I mean, Jacoby Brissett and that second team offense deserves a load of credit. That was a really fun drive to watch, and you had three explosive plays. The first one, rookie running back Chris Rodriguez Jr., who we talked about every day. If you go back to the film study, you know I was really excited about his power, his ability to get on the field and drag dudes, and I was really, really looking forward to this day for Chris Rodriguez specifically. Uh, his first carry right off the right guard goes for 12 yards, or his first explosive carry goes for 12 yards off the right guard. Then Jacoby Brissett hits Byron Pringle, another Chiefs transfer, uh, for a 32-yard game. And then uh, the 12-yard run by Jacoby Brissett for a touchdown. Uh, that play alone, one of my subtexters actually kind of pointed this out first, and I went back and watched the play. And I've kind of touched on the play design. You know, you want to be careful in training camp. You don't want to give too much away because, believe it or not, opponents are listening. Uh, I've actually had uh, in the past a pro scout from another NFL team actually reach out and say, hey, man, you did a really good job of describing some stuff. Really appreciate it. I'm looking back. I'm like, that team beat Washington. And now you kind of feel a little bit bad. And you wonder how much you really gave away, right? So you want to be a little bit careful on what you say, what you don't say. But on this play, now it's on film. Now it's for everybody to know, right? You see the clear out combinations. And what ends up happening with that Jacoby Brissett route is you've got about three commanders receivers running from right to left. And they're in man coverage against Cleveland Browns defense. And because they're all in man coverage, Jacoby Brissett, has about the state of Ohio to the right side of the NFL or the, the football field to walk in for an easy touchdown. And that's part of the play design that's going on with Eric Bieniemy. But if you watch that play further, if Jacoby actually sits in the pocket, and I'm not saying he should have, but if he does decide to sit in the pocket for another second later, Byron Pringle is actually coming from the left to right side, coming wide open in the back of the end zone. So really two different ways that play design uh, drew up a touchdown for the Washington Commanders. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch on the practice field. And it was even more fun to watch on the game field. Uh, finally, uh, another explosive run by Chris Rodriguez Jr. off the right tackle. So you got right guard, you got right tackle runs by Chris Rodriguez, uh, 11 yards. Certainly, Chris, one of the standouts from this game. So offensive line involved in all those, right? Obviously, you got to provide the holes, provide the protection. Look at the secondary. Uh, Kendall Fuller, Emmanuel Forbes, Benjamin St. Juice. It was good to see Emmanuel Forbes be able to go in this game. I know we had some, some concerns about that with his groin issue going on. Uh, but they were the first three corners on the field. Christian Holmes, stand up Christian Holmes. After the way he kind of faded last season after that really bad game that he had, uh, two passes defensed by not batting the ball away. We're used to seeing DBs get their hands in the way, right? But two passes defensed by laying the lumber on dudes, just hitting them so hard in the back. They had no choice but to let go of those balls. Uh, very solid outing by Christian Holmes. Tree Castro Fields had a pass breakup the exact same way uh, with the second team defense. And then Percy Butler getting an interception. Uh, something that I talked about in the pregame show that I wanted to see was a, was a takeaway from this secondary. Picked up, picked off Josh Dobbs, and then ran it back 42 yards to the Cleveland 46. Um, and then you know just just hitting all over the place, right? And the broadcast team hit on it too, like solid tackling from these guys. I think what's going to be interesting is this Cleveland Browns offense, not as talented weapon wise as the Baltimore Ravens offense. And then you go from the Baltimore Ravens offense to the Cincinnati Bengals offense, so you're kind of getting like growing echelons of talent. I think it's really cool. The way that this preseason schedule worked out for the commanders, it's really going to be beneficial as these guys get ramped up competition levels every single week, finishing with, I mean, a primetime matchup uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, uh, we'll see how many players they actually play, though. That's that's always the wild card, right, is how many starters are actually going to be on the field. Uh, not all great for the secondary, though. Two penalties on Quan Martin. He got beat for a touchdown late. Uh, and then Nick Whiteside also had a holding penalty. So not all perfect for the secondary, but certainly, I think, overall, a good outing. They did allow some explosives. Elijah Moore. 
uh, an 18-yard run on the left side, uh, got into the secondary and got loose. Josh Dobbs found uh, Mitchell deep for a 29-yard gain, and then Thompson Robinson, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the third-string quarterback, uh, found Forrestall, who I don't even know who that is until today, for a 27-yard game uh, as well. But there were some explosive plays on the defensive side. Montez Sweat stopped John Kelly for a four-yard loss on fourth and goal from the one-yard line. You love seeing that stuff. The defensive front had some struggles today, uh, closing, you know, especially on some sacks. I think that's something that we'll see them focus on in the next week's practices, something that we'll keep an eye on as well. Uh, again, the Butler inter interception, then uh, Milo Eifler forcing a fumble recovered by John Ridgeway. John has, has fought his way back from injury this, this preseason, so it's good to see him getting in there. And then Milo Eifler, I mean, again, if you watch that play, he's actually getting pushed from behind. Should be a block in the back call, but whatever. Uh, but he has the wherewithal to stick his mid out there and swipe at the ball, punch that thing loose. And I can tell you that's a drill that I've actually seen them work on. So uh, Jeff Scanina and, and the defensive staff uh, stand up because defensive line coach Jeff Scanina was running that drill, but they all kind of round robin through it. So the entire defense deserves credit for it. Of course, the game wasn't just about the quarterbacks, not just about the O-line, not just about the defensive backs. We're going to dive into some other notes I have before we get out of this Victory Saturday episode. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. <laughs> All right, some final observations following the Washington Commanders 17-15 preseason win over the Cleveland Browns. I see the live chat is popping. I appreciate all you guys. Again, I can't get to everybody here, but if I didn't get to somebody you want to talk about, by all means, drop it in the comments. I'm going to go back through the live chat uh, when I have time to. I'm doing another episode. Drop it on Saturday. We're going to do, it's called an AAR, after action review, right? I'm going to give some sustains, some things that we want to keep seeing, some things we want to see improvements on. So if you've got guys you want to keep see or you want to see them keep balling out, or you want to see them improve, drop those. Uh, I think a guy that we were all excited to see, uh, the potential, Casimir Allen, right? I mean, undrafted guy out of UCLA, all the talent in the world, uh, one of the smallest dudes on the football field. But I mentioned that he's listed as like the fourth, I think he's listed as the fourth return guy in kickoff returns. Uh, but I mentioned that there's no way they're not getting him on the field for a return if they have the opportunity. And they didn't even wait for the opportunity. Opening kickoff, Casimir Allen is back there returns to kick off 16 yards you know not not a not a great start i suppose but returns kick off uh 16 yards and i think what's interesting is you see that short kickoff come where where you know nate katzer the special teams coordinator for the commanders kind of talked about that with these new fair catch rules uh, and all this other stuff like how is that really going to impact the way that other special teams coordinators uh call their games in total kaz allen returned two kickoffs for 41 yards two punts for 24 yards had a long return called back on a holding penalty uh, but man, this, I mean, in, in one, it's only one game, but this dude has shown he can be electric and, and, you know, the playmaking ability that I think you guys have all wanted. Of course, you know, we all wanted, I think everybody involved in football wants electric special teams play. If they can get it. Uh, he's definitely shown that potential. So we'll see what happens moving forward. You know, I mean, he's definitely going to get more touches in the return game. We'll see how, what he, what he makes of them. Uh, if you can get some returns, like the ones that he got, that got called back and you can get them clean. And uh, to get some of those holding issues, you know, panned out or ironed out, uh, certainly the potential to be very, very uh, exciting. I see somebody mentioning Byron Pringle also played, played great. Yeah, Byron Pringle had himself a day, and he's been doing that in training camp as well. Uh, talk to him every day, as you're going to remember. He was on the show not that long ago. Uh, very excited to see what he can do in this offense as well. So without Logan Thomas, the other tight ends uh, got even more work. Uh, we already talked about John Bates, really bad drop. You just can't have that happen. We've talked about his fit in this offense and whether or not there's a potential that Cole Turner could leap over him 
as the tight end number two. Drops like that are not going to help your case if you're John Bates. But it's only one, so let's not freak out too much. Uh, it was negated by a penalty, of course. So in the stat box, it doesn't go down as anything. And he finishes the game with no catches, no targets uh, officially. Cole Turner, meanwhile, caught all four of his targets for 31 yards. Curtis Hodges finished with one target. That was the pass that uh, was wrestled away from him and ended up in a Jake Fromm interception deep in Cleveland territory. There was a Cleveland six-yard line, which, you know, look, when we talk about Sam Howell being being smart with the football, that's kind of one of the things that we're talking about, right? Like you you, you put the ball in, in harm's way inside or near the opponent's six-yard line. That's the kind of thing that can potentially happen. So that's why you, you know, not, you know, I like Jake a lot, but that's why Jake Fromm is not battling for a starting job at Sam Howell is it's little things like that, the willingness and the ability to protect the ball. Uh, Chris Rodriguez Jr. Uh, we already talked about him in a little bit, but 20 yards on his first two carries of the preseason, finished with 39 yards on five carries, 7.8 yards per carry. That young man, uh, I, I'm happy. I'm going to tell him when I see him on Sunday, uh, I, I appreciate him for making me look good because I've, I've been kind of pounding the table for Chris Rodriguez. So to see him come away with the 7.8 yards per carry, I like being right. So when he can help me uh, look right, I, I appreciate it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed seeing that's just a glimpse, man, of, of what Chris Rodriguez has been doing in training camp. You guys are going to see more of him. I have a feeling uh, as the season goes on uh, again, talk about that Jacoby Brissett touchdown run that play design. Um, I'm honestly a little bit surprised they pulled that out in the preseason, but man, like there's a lot of plays like that. You go back and watch that play. There's a lot of plays with some really creative, play design from Eric B It's going to make this offense a lot of fun uh, to watch for you guys. And then, of course, uh, some some bad news. Defensive tackle for Darian Mathis, linebacker Scooter Harris, and defensive end Jay, uh, Chase Young. I don't know why I almost said Jason Young, but defensive end Chase Young, all shaken up during the contest. Uh, again, I'm doing this as press conferences are going on, as people are in the locker rooms, because uh, I want to get this out to you as soon as I can. And I'm not in Cleveland, so I'm going to take advantage of that and get this uh, content out to you guys as much as possible. I will go through the press conferences, see what the updates on those injuries are as we get them uh, and come back. And, and we'll talk about that some more on Saturday. And then we're right back at it, guys. Sunday is practice. Monday is practice. Tuesday, Wednesday, we're in Baltimore. We're off Thursday, Friday, Saturday practice, off Sunday. And we got another game Monday. So, I mean, it, it, it's not going to stop just because the game is over. We are not stopping. So, again, if you've got something you want to talk about that we didn't talk about yet, let me know in the comment section. And we will see what we can get to tomorrow and how much we can fit into tomorrow. Speaking of which, yes, tomorrow is Saturday, but we will have another episode dropping Saturday. I'm going to talk about the press conferences, some of the quotes, reactions from the players and coaches. I'm going to do my after action review, tell you some things that I want to keep seeing, some things I want to improve on. Uh, and then we'll talk about some of these other topics and other players that we didn't get to uh, here in this episode. So, again, send your questions, drop your comments in the YouTube comments block. Hit me on Twitter. Email me at LockedOnCommanders at Gmail. Dot com or text me directly from your handy dandy cell phone by going to join subtext.com slash locked on commanders. It was a pleasure texting with all the subtexters throughout the game. Uh, it was the first time we've been able to do this during a game. It was really cool to just text you guys. Uh, and, and hopefully it was a good experience for you guys as well. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun too. Once we're in the stadium starting uh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and then throughout the season as always want to thank you guys for making locked on commanders first listen of the day. Every day, every day is greatly appreciate you for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Thank you for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 